my light's on. There it is. Hello. Okay. Hi, I'm Becca. Uh, <laughs> I have been, let's see. Yeah, I'm Becca. I'm with our new freshman class. Um, a little bit about myself. Hi, ladies. A little bit about myself. This, I'm starting my ninth year in the Outback, and I'm super excited about that. I started in 2015 with the class of freshman girls. They graduated 2019. Started over with freshmen in 2019. They graduated this spring, and now I'm with our next class of freshman girls, and I love being back here with you guys. Um, let's see. Let me actually go to my next slide. That's my family. <laughs> Thanks, Liam. <laughs> I've been married for 18 years to Jesse, and we have four kids. I'm Michaela, who's a sophomore. I have Olivia, who is going into seventh grade, Bettina, who is going into fifth grade, and Sean, who is two. And that's been an adventure having high schoolers and toddlers all in the house at the same time. All right, my next slide. It's a little bit about my family. I am an Army brat. I was born in Ames, Iowa in 1986. And six months later, we moved to Washington, D.C. area for my dad to attend the military medical school where my two sisters were born. Shortly, a few years after that, we moved to Fort Benning, Georgia, which was our first military post that I lived in. And um, that's where my brother was born. So when I was five, so my mom had five kids, or four kids under the age of five, while my dad was doing all of his medical training. Um, so there's, okay. Um, the military kind of helped prepare me for what this verse talks about, which is for there, here, we do not have a lasting city but we are seeking a city which is to come. That's Hebrews 13, 14. Um, my three words today are going to be um, trial or suffering, growing, and learning. Um, as an army brat, I tend to see my life in very distinct sections, which generally revolve around whatever house I was living in at that point in my life. So, and I moved about every three to four years until I was about 18 years old. Um, and with my walk with Christ, I see very much the same way. I can see very distinct points in my life where God taught me some pretty distinct lessons, and they usually kind of followed this, this general pattern of a trial or suffering and then growing in my faith and then looking back on that trial and seeing what God was trying to teach me in that season. Um, so that's kind of how I'm going to break down these sections today. So here's Fort Benning, Georgia. It was the early 90s, so that really kind of explains the clothing and that huge van in the picture. My parents were devout Christ followers. They loved Jesus. They read the Bible to us every night, and we prayed every night as a family. And that's why I have that bottom picture. We forced my baby brother to be baby Jesus in our Christmas play. He did not really enjoy that at all. But, you know, he had three big sisters, so what was he going to do? Um, from... Fort Benning, when I was seven, we moved to Fort Riley, Kansas. Um, and this is where God really started to work in my heart. I, you know, that was the first move, and I had moved, I think, three times at that point in my life at the age of seven. Um, but it was the first move that I remember missing friends, and I remember being sad about the move and understanding that we weren't going back to this place that I had friends and that I loved. Um, and just normal things that kids go through and some other circumstances, God really began to work on my heart that I was a sinner and I needed a Savior. Um, and so at the ripe old age of seven, after talking to my parents, who were a little concerned that I didn't really understand what I was doing, they had me go talk to the pastor, who, you know, 
thought in a seven-year-old way, she, she, got, she, get, she gets it, as a seven-year-old can. I um, accepted Christ, and I was baptized. Um, so going back to my three words, the trial being a move and being separated from friends and from what you know, this, um, the growing is that Christ showed me, or that I accepted Christ as my Savior, and he was living in my heart. And then um, learning that I'm a sinner and that I need salvation. A um, couple years later, we moved, wait, hold on, Fort Riley, yeah, Fort Riley, Kansas. That's right. I had a little bit in between. We moved to Texas after Fort Riley, and I don't have a huge story during that time, but I, was, I got into like my beginning of my high school years, and I was, my identity, I was a musician. I you know, took harp, I was in choir, I was classically tra- trained vocalist, I played the piano. So my identity was really wrapped up in a lot of music and my friends and everything that I loved. And we had been in, at Fort Hood for five years, which is a really long time if you're a military kid. And my dad got told that he was going to a military school in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas for 10 months. And I was very mad because I was gonna be starting my sophomore year of high school and I didn't understand why we had to pack up and move our house to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas for 10 months, just, we were pretty sure my dad would come back to Fort Hood. So just 10 months from Kansas back to Fort Hood. Why couldn't I stay with my friends? The other part of this puzzle was that there was a boy that I really, really liked and we were starting to like talk and it was great and um, really mad at my mom. But my mom had this deep conviction that if we could travel with my dad, we were gonna go with dad because us kids needed to be with dad and it was so wise looking back on it, but I was mad. So in my very holy spiritual state of being angry at my parents and being a Christian, I decided that instead of making friends that year, I was just going to read my Bible. I had felt God convicting me to read my Bible for myself, but I was like, I'm not going to make friends. I'm just going to read the Bible for the first time, and nobody can make me make friends, and it's going to be fine. Ten months, I can do that. Um, but... If you see the verses that I have up here, um, the first one is, Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. As I'm getting through my Bible and I hit Hebrews, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another, and by all the more, as you see the day drawing near. As I'm reading my Bible, I come across that, hey, I'm not allowed to not be in community. (laughs) Like, Christ commands us to be in community, and so he provided me a great opportunity for that 10 months to be involved in a really sweet Bible study um, where the adults kind of forced us high schoolers and some of the junior hires to actually lead the Bible studies and started discipling us and doing that. Um, So even though I intended to not be in community, God kind of forced that. The other thing that happened the year that I was in Leavenworth caused kind of instant community for a brief period of time on post and around the nation because 9-11 took place. Um, and everybody kind of bombed it together. It wasn't, didn't last very long, but, you know, there was a brief moment where, you know, we kind of shared each other's grief. And um, the other layer of that for my family was that my dad was slated to come back to Fort Hood and be the division surgeon for the 4th Infantry Division, which at that time was the division that would deploy pretty much first if we went to war 
So in this season, we also began to have this like umbrella, like this looming threat of war hanging over our heads, and you know, Dad's going to war, and that was a little challenging. But God was so faithful in this season, in that, you know, again, the trial was moving. It seems like a pretty, you know, kind of basic trial in the life of an army brat. Um, But then there was the fear of war on top of that. But the growth was that God had, you know, convicted me to read my Bible, and that was the first year that I read all the way through my Bible. And I've done it many times since, but it was so kind of special that during this season of not knowing what was going to happen, that, you know, God had started to get me planted in his word. Um, And also just learning in that season that places and people sometimes are just for a season. Um, In the life of an army brat, like, generally, if you have a solid family, your family's a consistent thing. But that's not always true. And even as you head into college, you know, your family's not always there. They'll always be there for you, but they're not there in your day-to-day. So life is constantly changing. People are changing. Places are changing. And Christ began to show me how he is the constant. He is the one that we can consistently depend upon no matter what's going on in our lives. Which brings me back to Fort Hood. I'm going to explain the picture. The one on the top left, that is my big brother, Rudy. Um, He introduced me to my husband several years after. Well, yeah. He introduced me to my husband. Um, We have a few of my dad's deployment pictures because he did deploy in 2003 to Iraq and got to do some pretty cool things, um, humanitarian things over there. Um, And then some of my army friends, or that small picture on the the far right. but I wasn't really thinking about this because we moved back to Texas and that boy that I didn't want to leave and I started dating and it was wonderful and I fell in love and it was great for about a year until he broke up with me and he broke my heart. <laughs> While my dad was in a war zone, <laughs> it was really hard and I cried a lot and my mom finally told me, Becca, stop crying, you're done, like move on. Um, but the good thing that came out of that, that as I'm crying and I'm bawling, cause I thought I was marrying this guy, like. We were best friends. It was going to be fabulous. Um, that as I'm bawling, I'm crying out to God. I'm praying as I'm walking. God invites me into this continuous conversation, which is why I put this verse up. Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. and everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I was really good at the praying without ceasing. I kind of forgot about the rejoicing and the giving thanks during this season. But it opened up this continuous conversation of talking to God and telling him what was going on in my life. And um, just kind of working through some of these things. Um, Let's see, where am I? Sorry. My dad came back. We went into a lot of farewells, welcome homes during this season of life. It was uh, pretty exciting. Like, it was kind of cool to be part of that, but hard at the same time. Um... If you look in that picture, at the, like on the far right, the guy in the white t-shirt, that's actually my husband. He has a beard now. I couldn't tell if you knew from the first picture. Um, shortly after the season of heartbreak, uh, my friend Rudy introduced me to my husband. And, you know, we went to college. We got married. We had our three daughters. Um, did some traveling. The picture in the top left corner is my favorite picture of my husband being a great girl dad. We had gone to the American Girl Store. And he's carrying all of the bags. And my, I think she was probably around three at the time, your old daughter was running out into the road. And so he had to like block her with his leg while carrying the bags and holding hands. It's just kind of sums up our life in that season. Um, 
So yeah, we had some church hurt during this season of time and, and, and ended up at TBC in 2012. And I started working in the Outback in 2015. Um, but in the next year, in 2016, God decided he was going to teach me about faith. Um, it was a really big year for me. I published a book, which was super exciting, and I had my launch party on May 6th. And the only reason I remember that day is because exactly a week later, on May 13th, um, my cousin Marcus, who's that top left picture, um, committed suicide. And my family and I were just completely devastated. Like, I was, I'm a fourth generation Christ follower, and I didn't realize this idol that had popped up in my life, in my family identity of being, you know, we're good Christian people, we love Jesus, and having to deal with this idea that I didn't know was in my head of this doesn't, shouldn't happen to me because we're good Christian people. Um, this isn't fair. And God having to tear down that idol that I had built in my identity as a generational Christ follower, if that there is such a thing. Um, the verse that was up here um, was from his funeral, and it says, She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. This threw me so bad. Like, I went to his funeral in California, and I came back very pretty sure, like, I'm going to youth group on Sunday, and I'm going to pull Dave aside after youth group, and I'm going to tell him I need to step back for a little while because I honestly at this point don't even know which way's up. I don't know where I stand in my faith. I really don't know what's going on, and I'm sitting down, and Dave starts preaching, and he's wrapping up a sermon series called Honest Doubt. And it was like, God was like, hello, hey, I'm, I'm, it's okay to doubt. It's okay to doubt. Just don't stay there. And this, I entered in a few months of um, really wrestling with God. If you know the story of um, Jacob wrestling with the Lord, I mean, that's kind of what my life felt like for a few months, of I would hurl accusations at God. <laughs> and God, like, a scripture would enter my mind that combated that accusation, like, almost instantaneously. And I'd be like, yeah, but, and I'd hurl another accusation, and the Holy Spirit would come back, like, no, this is what scripture says. Um, and it was kind of this first time in my life, I'd always seen these distinct lessons, but I saw how God was working out these distinct lessons. So, Going back to that constant prayer that I learned with a breakup, that the conversation didn't stop between me and the Lord just because I was super angry at him and just because I didn't feel like he cared. And then that led me to, as we're, I'm talking and telling the Lord my anger, going back to reading scripture, because I had read the scripture, I had studied the scripture, he was responding to me with scripture. That's his word. When you read the scripture, you're reading the word of God. And so those words coming back to me are God's response to my sinful accusations and then that need for a savior. Finally, I came to that point of, I am a sinful, fallen, horrible human being who needs a savior. And I am hurling accusations at a holy, righteous God. And it brought me, it kind of brought me back to reality and put me back in my proper place. Like I have no it's okay to doubt, but I have no justification in telling God what I think, how I think the life should be. Um, so the suffering in this season was very obvious. Death is horrible. Losing someone you love is a terrible thing. Um, the growing part of, you know, being 
in, at TBC and just hearing about, you know, it's okay to doubt. That doesn't, doesn't mean you're not saved, but don't stay there. So that was a great lesson to learn. And then the faith that I experienced is only by the grace of God. I can't muster up. I always thought, you know, oh, I, I have faith. I, I believe. Like, I could probably move a mountain. No. <laughs> I, I don't have that much faith. The faith in me is what God has given me. And it's only by his grace that I have that faith. Um, that brings me to 2020. That's, I haven't given my testimony here since 2019, so this is all new. Um, I guess that was kind of a big year for everybody, right? Um, that bottom left picture, I just put that up there. That was my sister's and my COVID bartering. I bake a lot, and I could not find flour anywhere. And so my sister brought stuff, and we were, like, swapping stuff in my house and trying to, you know, figure out what we were going to do. We also figured out that we were having another baby at the beginning of 2020, which was not in my plan at all. I love being a girl mom. I proudly, like, like army brat, girl mom was a huge part of my identity, and I kind of just loved that. My dad's a great girl dad. Um, but, you know, we got on board. We're like, okay, we're going to just do this baby thing all over again. It's going to be great. And, you know, I've done it three times. This, you know, I know how to do this. And I knew how to do it until the 20-week ultrasound, you know, the big gender reveal where they tell you, oh, you're going to have a boy or you're going to have a girl. And the doctor walks in and says, your baby's really small, like less than the second percentile of babies, like 98% plus babies are bigger than he is. And we got told, you're, and my health was not very good, and we were told, like, he's at super high risk for a stillbirth. So you just come in whenever you want. So my second home became Scott and White Hospital um, for a season. And looking back, like, this is a beautiful time, which sounds like a weird thing to say. It was very scary, and the doctors didn't have good news because we did lots of tests and we couldn't figure out what was going on. All this complicated by COVID because the doctor really couldn't, or my husband couldn't come with me to most of my doctor's appointments or any of the testing, and some of that was, you know, kind of, kind of difficult. Um, but God was so faithful in this season, and he began to teach me how to trust and I kind of lean back on some of that stuff that I learned after my cousin died, that if God can get me through that season, God can get me through that, he's going to get me through this. One of my hardest struggles in this season, besides, you know, just the obvious health things, was that I have some family members who have different ideas than I do about, like, what biblical healing looks like. Um, so I got a lot of comments about, well, he's going to be perfect and normal and completely healthy in Jesus' name. And while I firmly believe that Christ is able and does heal, I know that. I've seen it. I was so thankful that Christ helped me to put my faith not in, or in my hope, not in that God was going to make me have, let me have a normal baby, but to put my hope in Jesus. Because we are not promised, um, we're not promised an easy road. Jesus many times says quite the opposite, that we're going to face trials and tribulation, and things are going to get hard. But putting our hope in Jesus, having Jesus as that underlying constant and that anchor, is what's going to help see us through that. Um, and by the grace of God, he did heal my son. Um, I went in on September 15th to have him, um, ended up in surgery. Um, 
ended up having to be put under anesthesia, which isn't necessarily the most normal thing, but he got here, he was healthy, I was okay, like we got healthy together, and it was really good. So, you know, suffering also can come in our lives through health complications, obviously. Um, those aren't ever any fun. And especially when it's your child, or, you know, when you can't do anything for them, that's so awful. Um, the growing was learning to rest in God's faithfulness and to trust him that no matter what was going to happen, I, I, I honestly, I firmly, as I was, somebody was counting backwards from 100 as I was going under anesthesia, my last thought in my head was, I could see Jesus in just a minute. I was a little anxious, but I was okay. And I was like, I, I came out of it a little while later, and I was like, oh, I guess I didn't get to meet Jesus today, but okay, he's still here with me. <laughs> um, so I just learning to trust God, even when things are scary. That's a great place. I don't always do that. Even after going through that with my son, I don't always do that lesson well. Oops, sorry. Um, but it's constantly learning and growing. That brings me up to kind of my last point here. And that's, I didn't put it up here, suffering well. Um, so the last couple of years, I've lost quite a few people that I love. Uh, friends, family. In this last year and a half, I think I've counted six people who have passed away. And it's, that's, it's not fun. And it kind of culminated in March and when we had a normal Friday afternoon, my daughter was getting ready for a soccer banquet, you know, we're all just kind of sitting around getting ready to go and, you know, not doing much of anything. And there's a pounding on my door. And Michaela got to the door first and I get up to like move. I'm like, what's going on? And Michaela opens the door, and my neighbor Tabitha, like, kind of runs into my house and is, like, crying and screams. Her husband, Brandon, has been killed in a car accident. And I, like, look out my door, and DPS is there. The officer's walking through my yard, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, her 40-year-old husband has just been killed in a car accident. They have a 3- and a 4-year-old. So I just grab her. And for a couple of hours, I'm just like either holding her hand or hugging her or like have my hand on her shoulder until all the family gets there. And I'm, I'm sad with her, but she's the one doing the suffering. And I'm just there like trying to hold on to her. <laughs> and you're like, okay, it's, you know, it's not okay. It's, it's not okay. But praying, you know, doing what we need to do. Her family gets there. And I'm kind of trying to decide, okay, do I, does she want me to stay? Do I need to go? Like, what do I do? I don't know how to do this. And I'm just praying in my head. And this whole selfish thought I just, just flits through my mind of, how do we get back to normal? Like, when does this look normal again? And the Holy Spirit, like, when I, you know, with my cousin, it was like almost instantaneously, the answer was, you don't suffer well. So what does that mean? Like, how do you suffer well? That's like, that was my next question. Like, what, what does that look like? Um, how do you suffer well? Um, and through the last couple of months of just, and, and last year and a half with other friends who have passed, like praying maybe what God is trying to teach, that suffering well kind of looks like for sure praying with people who are suffering or for them. Sometimes they don't need you to go, physically go to them, but just remembering and lifting them up in prayer. Just being willing to go sit with them and not say a word. There are a lot of nice platitudes. I worked in hospice, and some of the things we were told never to tell people in the throes of their grief is, it's okay, it's God's will. Yes, 
Yes, God is sovereign. But that's not always a helpful thing to say. So just being able to sit in the discomfort with them, that was super uncomfortable. Like sitting with my neighbor, like trying to process that her whole life has changed in a split second. And just being able to sit with her and cry with her and just be there. For me, bringing food, that's another thing. Helping and suffering. I like to make food. I take lots of food. Um, and just understanding that life is not easy and there are no quick fixes. And if we really think about it, we probably don't. We want there to be a quick fix in the moment, but in the long run, what Jesus is working in our lives is so much more important than our comfort in the moment. Um, so my three words here, loss, it always hurts. That's suffering. And that comes in many different ways. Like this year, as the school year starts, you guys are going to face trials, and you're going to have some suffering probably. Like, but what are you going to do with that? Are you going to sit in it? Or are you going to continue to walk and try to follow Jesus? And we're here for you for that. That's part of the reason we're here as leaders is to walk alongside you in that, to pray, to sit in the discomfort, and to do these things with you. Um, growing, just learning to sit, like I said several times, learning to sit in the discomfort ourselves and with others. Um, so this verse, and we know that God causes all things to work for get together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. This doesn't mean that everything's going to look good in our lives. Life's not always happy. But, but, God is good. So if we're following after God, he is going to use that. Like, as I look back on my life and I see these lessons that I've learned through these hard things, God will do the same thing. It, and it's not going to look the same as my story because God's telling you your story. And he's, he's writing your story. But he's going to work because he's faithful. Um, my last verse here. Oh, I can't read it up there. Hold on. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So talking about trials and suffering, like it sounds like, oh, life is just awful. But it's really not. God mixes, like there's joy in all of these seasons, like even in the hard things, even when there's death, there, there's still joy to be found in the Lord. Um, again, if you find yourself in a situation like this in the coming year or two or whatever, like we're here for you to talk about these things. Um, a couple challenges, just reflect on your life and ask the Lord just to kind of reveal to you where he has worked and what he has been teaching you in your life. It's really cool to look back and see, oh, that that horrible, that really difficult time wasn't wasted. Like, oh, I, I actually kind of learned something there. Um, yeah, and like I said, we're here if, you know, in this school year. If you have trials that they pop up, come and talk to us. We're here, and we'd love to talk to you about it and, you know, pray with you and point you towards Christ. I think that's it. I have some questions. I'm going to pray us out, and then you guys can go to your breakouts. Dear Jesus, I just thank you for this time to be together and just to reflect on how you work in our lives. I just ask this week that we would all take some time to just look and ask you what you're doing and to be willing to hear what you have to tell us. Lord Jesus, I just ask as trials and suffering comes that your joy and your peace would be ever present in them, Lord. Um, just help the words 
that needed to be spoken to be remembered and anything that I added in extra that didn't matter just to fall away, Lord. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Becca, for sharing with us.